Big news, I've started a new podcast. Every Monday, I'll be releasing Mondays with Fig, which is basically a brain dump of my Football Index thoughts every single Monday, 15, 20, 25 minutes every Monday for Patreon subscribers. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash FI guide, it's available to everyone subscribed to the £5 tier and above. And everyone has given me some great feedback so far. So do go check it out if you are interested. The Football Index podcast is supported by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading strategy. I know FIT is currently spending 30 to 40 hours a week on scouting alone and members get updates covering every match day across all five leagues in European competition too, as well as the detailed discussion of optimum trading strategies which are proving very different to previous seasons. If you want to see more, as an exclusive offer for FIGCAST listeners, you can give the site a try with a 25% discount on your first month with the code FIG25. Here's the legal stuff from Football Index. FI is a gambling product available to customers in certain territories aged 18 or over. The content of this podcast has not been approved by Football Index, but they do listen to the show to keep me on my toes. Please remember to only gamble what you can afford to lose. BeGambleAware.org. And when the fun stops, stop. Hello and welcome back to another FIGCast, the Football Index podcast, back again, 2021. And I I guess we've got so much to talk about on this episode with a new debutant, someone who I was getting on to talk all about market makers and such because he works as one, a former equities trader and a market maker currently. But FI have obviously stumbled upon uh, us with another big announcement, which is in play dividends being removed. We'll get into all of that. I want to welcome my guest first and foremost, uh, debutant F.I. Boise, who you may know from a recent YouTube video I posted. He basically did a webinar for the Fig Patreons um, in the top tier, and uh, it was amazing. I thought it was so, so good and had so much great information about market makers that I had to put it out into the public. So I hope everyone did enjoy that. F.I. Boise, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, hi, mate. Yeah, doing good. Thank you. Cheers for the uh, the intro. You made me seem like a sort of esteemed guest, but... You are an esteemed guest. Well, we'll see. I'll I tell you what I feel like with this announcement of the, the IPDs today. Do you remember sort of 10, 15 years ago, there was a bloke who turned up to the BBC. I think he was a taxi driver. And he turned up to like, I think he had a job interview. And he ended, they ended up putting him on BBC to talk about some topic. He just had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I kind of feel like this is... And he, just, and, he just, and he just kind of like babbled and uh, didn't it, even look at the cameras, it's, right? It's, it's a good little YouTube clip. But yeah, I've sort of come on to talk about market making, which I've managed to sort of blag my way in so far saying I know what I'm talking about and now um yeah might be discussing a little bit more than that so what well, well you do you yeah do, to be honest. that's that's what you do for for, yeah. for a living right so why don't you tell people a bit more about that and also about your football index journey so far yeah of course um so yeah I I, I joined football index um it was actually just over a year ago now um so early last year um and yeah it's been a pretty interesting ride so far um to be honest I I knew about uh Football Index from probably last, well, let's think about this, summer of maybe 2019, I took a look at it and um, I can't really remember exactly what I, I didn't like. I think the fact that the IS price at the time looked considerably less than the buy price I didn't like and I didn't instantly get the whole market sell queue type idea, which you kind of had to scratch me at the surface to work out how that, that operated. Um, it, it was just something, I, I don't know, I, just, I, I wasn't all that for it. Um, so I left it alone and then I took another look at sort of Christmas time 
And um, I'm a I'm a Charlton fan, so well, at least last year anyway, we were championship. And um, there was a number of players that I'd watched, um, obviously through watching the championship. Um, and when I saw their prices at January, they'd gone up like 50, 60, 70p off of, well, nothing other than playing in the champ and being viewed as being good players. And I thought, like, these are pretty crazy returns. And if I'd have sort of joined in August, I'd have probably made those sort of rises. So that was probably what um, what made me get involved. Um, and yes, as I say, I, I sort of joined in Jan and took it slow, made all the mistakes that most new users do. I sort of probably tried to play a little bit more like a sort of fantasy football type of thing at first. I maybe bought some players who I just thought, oh, they've they got some good games coming up, you know, the IPD. So again, we'll get onto this, but that was actually a, a big source of interest for me at the beginning. Um, so I sort of picked players I thought might score or, or assist or whatever. So I bought people like Vardy and Lacazette and just shockers really. Um, and then sort of, yeah, COVID, COVID struck. And then we had all the, the sort of media promotions and then all the books. And, and it was only in the summer that I probably invested reasonably heavily. Um, I've got a decent amount in it now. Um, probably could put a bit more in if I felt a bit happy on certain topics. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've got up to a sizable pool and um, yeah, it's, you sort of think back and you, you think like on that Black Sunday, September date, whatever it was, putting in some pretty hefty amounts on just kind of blind faith that it was going to come good. And it really hasn't come good since then. Yeah, I've continued to deposit. So it's sort of, it, it has got a hold of me, the uh, the product, like I'm sure it has everyone, which is why we're here. Um, and as for my, my personal life, uh, yeah, I... Um, as you say, I'm a market maker now. Um, I've been trading for about five years now. So previously I was a, an equity trader. I worked for a US investment bank. Uh, I worked on the buy side as an asset manager for a bit. Um, but my, my latest role is I am at a, uh, a trading house that uh, specifically market makes. Um, so that's where I've sort of got, in, well, got, got to know you, got in touch with you because I think uh, – uh, I have a uh, expertise in inverted commas that is slightly relevant to the community. Um, it's definitely been a term thrown about pretty freely, a bit like NASDAQ and high net worth individual, these sort of things as if it's like the, the savior of football index. And uh, I've certainly enjoyed listening to the podcasts and reading some other clever people's threads on Twitter to sort of educate myself in football index and how certain things work. So I kind of wanted to, to yeah, try and, uh, try and educate where possible into kind of what market makers do and, and how they might might help football index and that's sort of what led to the webinar uh and yeah that seems to be well received which is which is good um and uh yeah i'm now back for a second shot at, at a pod <laughs> yeah we've got so much to talk about yeah, and i mean what you did really well in your video was dispel so many of the kind of i suppose myths and misunderstandings some misinformation about market makers mm. i really thought it was awesome and i i think I might go as far as um, maybe even transcribing this podcast and, and turning it into a blog or something. Because I think the more people, the more information people have specifically on market makers, um, I think the better for understanding what they actually do and how they work. Because I guess from your perspective, it, it must have been really surprising uh, looking at some of the comments on them and being like, well, hang about, that's not right. And that's not right. Yeah. 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 It is surprising. But I think. The, the cre- but maybe not so surprising because no, like why would the average person know how well, exactly how that and, and this is also a sort of another thing you can't really escape is you've got a a trading platform a trading um app if you like with a sort of regular punters based community on the whole and you're trying to turn it into a trading platform sort of similar to what you would see with with your stocks and commodities and whatever else and 
it's not an easy world to understand. It took me so long to understand how it worked when I first started trading, even like the terminology bids, offers, whatever, it's, it's not simple. Um, so yeah, you do then sort of get people, you know, throw these things around, which they're probably not going to understand. And um, yeah, I don't really blame people for, for, for not understanding it at all. Yeah, I think there there is so much to get into on that and um, we will get into a lot of this but before we do get into that i need to remind you guys that i have another podcast the state of play podcast uh head over to at state of play pod on all socials or just search up state of play podcast on uh, all your favorite podcasting apps we also do some live streams after certain games check that out we cover all the top five leagues in europe um and yeah if you want to hear me talking about something other than fi and football then head over to that um we've got some miscellaneous questions here must profess um i've not watched only fools and horses you're joking no i'm not that's have you insane. listened to all the podcasts i know nothing about anything yeah, apart from I thought, five football and stuff. I thought you sort of went no no genuinely like i know fuck all that's insane <laughs> i can't i don't even have to say he's speechless yeah, I, so fit69 you, know you don't know boys years then so nah so like this whole no, no, no. persona i'm i'm hiding behind this could be i've got no way. idea who you're on about mate that's crazy all right yeah fair play um fit69 from the fig discord says do you think marlene and delboy have had sexual relations again this means nothing to you right it means absolutely nothing i'm just reading from a script here mate uh yeah it pains me to say it but yeah derek and my wife have almost certainly enjoyed tender moments together uh probably along with half of peckham um but yeah boys he likes to keep a few bits on the side for himself so it's all fun and games really and that's all <laughs> I, could, as I say you're not gonna understand what any of that means but uh oh you've got to watch only fools i can't believe it Sorry, mate. Sorry, I've only just, I've only, I only just finished watching Peep Show after everyone got onto me about that. So I've, I've not seen Peep Show to be fair. (laughs) There we go. All right. But but I, I I can't believe anyone's claiming Peep Show is better than Only Fools. Surely not. I listen. I can't make that judgment, can Mm -hmm. I? No, well, neither can I. But (laughs) uh, anyway, yeah, you've got to watch that. That's crazy. Um, fi strategist uh, from the fig discord as well how many years have you been a market maker and do you see yourself doing it alongside fi for the next three five years yeah so as i've sort of just just touched on there truth be told i've only been an outright market maker for a few months this is a, a recently uh new move for me um to the, to the desk that purely provides market making services but yeah on previous roles i've i've had plenty of experience in you know, touching on market making aspects, providing risk pricing and quotes to clients to facilitate trading uh, alongside taking my own, own positions. So it's an area I do know well, but then again, I've got to say that to not ruin my own credibility. Um, the second part of the question, uh, do I see myself doing it alongside FI? Does he mean as in like literally working for FI or like as in doing my day job and also trading on FI? Um, not entirely sure which way you're going with that one. Um, I'm definitely not giving up the day job to start trading on Football Index right now. Definitely, definitely not based on my uh, my profit this year. Um, uh, as for the, if it was, would I work alongside FI? Well, I got a bit of stick from some mates on the webinar for apparently fishing for a gig at Football Index. But um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, in many ways, that's a sort of dream gig as long as they pay humongous amounts of money. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, but yeah, uh, don't really know where I'm going with this. I, I certainly don't see myself giving up my uh, my job to trade Football Index full time. And if he's asking, do I see myself working for Football Index? I mean, if they if they operated a market making facility of their own, which I believe they probably could with their resources, then um, you know where I am. <laughs> An old man, Fi here says, how many market makers does it take to screw in a light bulb? 
uh, it probably take hundreds because we're all not really clever enough to work out like the manual task. We're pretty good at sitting in front of screens, staring at flashing numbers, just clicking buttons all day. Uh, can't really handle the, the manual tasks. Normally you're supposed to say something funny for those sort of jokes. Aren't yeah, you? I yeah, I you are. I don't really have one. It kind of took me about that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll move on quick. Um, before we get into it, I need to remind you about the sponsor of the show, Index Gain. Uh, they are basically data, community, and software all wrapped into one. They have awesome mobile priced movement notifications on their Slack app, portfolio management tools on their site, and a huge trading community to connect with on their Slack app as well. Uh, mobile and desktop data tools as well, powered by Opta, giving you the ability to see previous scores, previous yields, and all that great stuff. So if you guys do want to check out Index Gain, have a do to indexgain.co.uk uk and uh you can use the code fig 2021 not 2020 fig 2021 although i've been told that fig 2020 will still work 2021 to make dan from index gains life easier please if you do use it so head over to there to check out some awesome stuff centered around uh, fi data got a question here from ginger pillo fi come to you and ask you to act as their market maker What's your plan of action? Now, I thought this was a great question because mm. it's a perfect starting point for us yeah. for this conversation. It's a yeah, the big question to kick off things. Um, yeah, coming from a man who appears to sort of quite like jobbing man in positions himself, churning short-term players and nicking profits, I probably can't blag a, a crap answer to him. Uh, so this might be a bit long-winded. Um, yeah, I'll stop blowing smoke off his ass and move on. So the honest answer, uh, it probably comes from two approaches, really. So... Uh, do I want to take the risk of losing money by acting in the best interest of the football index platform? Or do I want to, you know, do I want to trade selfishly whilst providing flow for traders? So for football index right now, the market maker needs to come in and accept there's a big risk of of losing money in the short run, uh, which is why I am of the opinion it's quite, you know, proving to be a hard reason, a hard uh, attraction uh, for a market maker at the levels required right now. Um, if you open your doors as a market maker, you can be faced with a load of people selling positions to you that you can then not sell to others in future because of the user base and uh, the demand's not there for the players, essentially outside the main hundred names um, that are regularly earning divs or, or the elite youth talent. So I'll go with the first approach, which is not correct. And this is what's not need. This is like not what's needed for the, uh, the platform. But from the selfish point of view, if I was asked to provide a bit of liquidity, I could quite easily stick a couple of firm 300 size bids at maybe one to two p intervals on all the big boys and the select others so yeah by that i mean the sort of recognized good players in inverted commas that are winning the divs or there's the existing interest in sort of seeing them return to previous all-time highs so you've got to bear in mind that this isn't a market where you can short a player um you have to own the player the shares or the bet you know uh, in order to sell so a market maker coming in cold can only buy they, they have no historic holds um, and you're not going to do that at the buy now level. You're going to be bidding to keep the spread in your favor. Uh, and, and bidding in big size uh, can get the average red button sell price of the you know the average 900 closer to your bid level. So it kind of creates the illusion of liquidity. It closes the spreads. It brings confidence to the market. It sends things rising. I can then sell to the herd mentality of punters looking to get on. And I've made some money on a turn. The market will sell up eventually. And you kind of rinse and repeat the process. And this is pretty much exactly what we're seeing with this week, I mean, people seem to assume market makers were suddenly coming into place midweek. I don't know if that's because they'd sort of heard a bit of chat from the, the webinar or whatever, but you see a few um, 
you know, a few of the, the runs on the, the depth ladder were populated with a few hundred shares. It doesn't take much money to either create or break down the walls and, and generate the sentiment one way or another. So clearly that wasn't a market maker the other day. As within a couple of days, things had cooled off. And, and this afternoon, I believe we saw another drop again. The market maker should be bringing stability and discipline to the platform. Um, building walls will stop the kind of tedious manipulation that I, I do think we are seeing. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the approach I've just mentioned might make some money for the market maker, but it certainly doesn't help the market and fix the liquidity issues. So my real approach, uh, and this is the one I think is probably more conducive to helping the market, is to act in uh, a similar way to a market maker in an equity stock market. Um, but I cannot stress enough how much risk that risk there is uh, with this approach at this moment in time for football index. So I'll echo what I, what I said on the webinar. Um, if you take the London Stock Exchange, um, there are various indexes within this. Um, so an index is simply a group of stocks that's normally grouped together on a common theme, such as market cap or the industry they operate in. So the FTSE 100 is uh, the high, 100 highest valued um, stocks by their market cap on the exchange. So these are the most valuable ones. So people like Barclays, Lloyds, uh, BP, Vodafone, etc. So these are the Bruno, Neymar, Sancho's of the, the football index world. You also have at the opposite end of the scale, uh, something called the AIM market, which stands for the alternative investment market. And this is for stocks, which are smaller companies. Um, so they can be startups. They could be ones that have fallen out of favor and now aren't worth very much. Um, they're just harder to trade, a bit more liquid. Um, they're kind of akin to the penny stock type idea. And this is where market makers thrive. Uh, and this is where they are employed by the stock exchange to operate in, in real life. Um, the FTSE 100 doesn't uh, particularly need a market maker uh, as the demand is there in those stocks from institutional investors, from retail guys alike. The market makers in the AIM names are needed because they are illiquid and they don't trade easily. So these are comparable to your sort of sub 50p market on, on FI. And this is why I think the market maker is needed in the first instance. I really do because people cannot trade down there. Um, and there's a lot of grievance in the community along the lines of I can't sell my players. I've lost my money um, tied up in dead holds blah, blah, blah. So the dream world, uh, if I was coming in, the market maker comes in and they, they sort of start buying up and they're quoting two ways, maybe 300 buy, 300 sell and all the cheapies, maybe give it a 15, 20% spread. You free up some money down there and that can be reinvested in the platform. Now in the, the danger here is the money then disappears from the platform altogether and it's not reinvested higher up. People just take that money and run. The other danger for the market maker is there's no demand for a very long time in some of the cheaper punts. And in a lot of cases, there probably never will be because they're either very old or they're playing in Estonia or whatever crazy league some of the sort of players on here are in. Um, so you as the market making the short run, almost certainly you're going to be sort of facing losses, sat clapping shit in your hands, you know, losing money, looking at a port of players you'll never flog. Um, but crucially, it's the building blocks for confidence. And I spoke about this previously. The market maker just brings stability and confidence. So if you knew as a trader, the market maker will always be there to help facilitate it might ignite some demand for the small cap stocks. And then the penny players might develop a bigger market to speculate in and play around in. And there could be a bit of fun to be had. Um, the percentage returns can be insane on a 20p guy who puts in a decent performance or competes for divs or whatever it might be. And the 4p, 5p spread to a market maker is attractive when repeated over and over again in the high frequency trading. Now, again, this is really dream, you know, dream world end goal for the, the platform. Um, but I, I, I really believe that market maker, if I was to come in or whoever for that matter, I think you need to be doing that because that's you performing the job of a market maker. Now you will lose money doing this. You just simply will lose money if you come in on your own and start offering to buy up all the crap in FI. And so to compensate for that, um, I would 
probably simultaneously off liquidity to the top end in a similar way to what I've actually described in the previous approach. This would be to just try and cover any short run losses on the smaller cap. So yeah, I might lose a bit because I'm now holding some some dead punt. Um, but I might have made a bit of money on the continuous churn of a Sancho or the sort of up and downs of, of their career arcs. Um, I think the top end has enough demand for them with, with a long way for prices to travel before they catch up with the dividend yields on offer. Um, and if the market can get back to the sort of confidence that's been built from below, you might see new money coming and new joiners. And it's kind of the in-betweeners that I would probably leave alone at first uh, and, you, and hope you sort of see the effect of the top end stretch in the market if money's redirected there mm. um this is a really long answer to quite a basic no question, no this I think is all great continue going i think it's important because, the less i speak the better mate. <laughs> um i think this is important because i think this is you, you're sort of asking me what i do as a market maker i think this is the <laughs> fairest way that you can come in and actually do what a market maker is supposed to do a market maker is not supposed to come in and trade the top end guys um it, I've seen at times that LPO one and stuff coming in and just buying up the, the premium players. Like what's the, what's the point? Like people might be upset that their, their premium holes have dropped from 10 quid to five quid. And trust me, I, I'm, I'm in that boat, right? I've had this happen to me, but I think long-term they've got hope of rising on performances or the, or, or the transfers or new money coming in because people will get that that is where dividends are won, especially after the announcement today. So I think um, you need to come and you need to be trading them, them, them penny stocks. But again, you need to find something that's going to make them attractive. And that is the big risk I will always talk about with a market maker coming in is, yeah, you can you can buy up these players that no one wants, but you eventually are going to want people to want them. Otherwise, you're left with losses. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a few areas of that plan I might not have thought through in as much detail as required. But I think as a sort of skeleton plan, that impact would be my approach and obviously if fi go and copy this they can pay me my consultancy fees uh, <laughs> at a later date and i would also probably take a commission on that yeah, of i'm course, sure you Jacob. will i'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> um but in all seriousness like what i've basically heard there in a very long-winded but very good answer yeah, it is. is it centers around confidence and building yeah, confidence in the market it does because the, the, you know, any market needs confidence for people to trade in it um it, it really does. And and you're only going to get that by things being stable for a while or having confidence that you can buy or sell your holds. Um, at one point, you've, the thing you've always got to remember is I've just referred to a number of them holds as dead holds or like, why would you want them? But at one point in time, not so long ago, people did want them because they believed they could sell them. And that is kind of where the market maker can help. Um, obviously, they'll have to be clever about it and just not, buy up everything i'd have to sort of price things accordingly um but I, yeah the, the, these players once upon a time were not deemed as complete waste of time and waste of money they were bought for a reason because people always needed the, the backdrop of the is and um a market maker can sort of potentially provide that that functionality but then they need to ensure they are still making money themselves or it's a pointless endeavor yeah, I think there is so much there, isn't there? And we've got like loads of loads of questions from yeah, I've, I've, loads of different people as well that, that kind of intertwine into some of this stuff already. Yeah, I've chucked quite a bit in there. That was a bit of a dump of just ideas early doors. But I do, no, I do, no, take, no. It, I do take that question sort of quite seriously because essentially you're saying like, what's the plan as a market maker? We're like, absolutely. that is kind absolutely. of what I think it would be. And I, and I think, I'd hope at least, these are the same sort of things that people that have been approached would probably be thinking. And I think. It's and how difficult is it to be the first one? Oh, insane. I, I think it's crazy. Honestly, I think it's crazy. Why so? Because as I've sort of alluded to there, people want their money out of holds they cannot sell. So they cannot sell them because they're not in demand. Now, 
with the greatest of respect to the user base, I'm fairly certain the people that would have the money not required for a market maker will probably have like, you know, a bit of education and brain cells behind them. They, they are going to be every bit as clever as the football index community. So if the football index community don't want to buy them, why would a market maker want to buy them? Um, it's a lot of risk to take on and you opening your doors up as the first guy is just giving everyone an invite to just sell the crap they don't want. And then you're left holding it. And if, if there's no reinvestment possibility of that money, you have just lost money. Now, if they came in as the first person and took that hit, but then were given some sort of incentives or maybe went a little bit rogue with the, the top end, I don't mean that in a horrible way, but I mean they started playing the spreads in the top end, you could potentially cover your losses. I think as, I think there's a question coming up later where I, I sort of jotted down a quick brief answer, but I, I make reference to the fact that um, any potential market maker would need to know how many shares are in circulation for each player. Yeah. They would need to know what the average daily trading volume per player is, which is probably going to be catastrophically low for some. You have to have that information because how can you how can you model anything? How can you forecast your losses? How do you know what you're taking on? It might be yeah. fine to say, yeah, there's, um, I don't know, who's a player no one wants? <laughs> well, whoever. Let's say Wayne Rooney, right? Bloke's ba- well, he's retired, but he's still on there. People... <laughs> Player manager, isn't he? Uh, not managed Ish. very well, I don't think. Um, they, you get sold all over. You want to know how many Roonies are in circulation because if you go, right, there's a thousand Roonies out there and it's going to cost me, I don't know how much to, to take that on. Then you go, right, well, that's, that's, that's fine. Like I can put that aside as a, as, as a loss. I'm never going to make that money back. But where can I make the money elsewhere? So you're basically asking the market maker to come in and potentially take quite a lot of losses instantly. Um, and that's tricky to want to sign up to do, I, I think. Um, I, I'd find that quite difficult as the first person. Um, and I just think, oh, I, I don't want to sort of give away too many things for some of the other questions which we've got coming up, but being, being the lone player is also difficult from a, again, like a bit of a market manipulation point of view. You kind of need another market maker to keep the, the solo loan market maker um, honest. Because otherwise, you can sort of you have every chance of manipulating things yourself. You kind of need market makers to be competing against each other to be the the best bid or the best offer or getting the getting the flow. So, um, yeah, I, I think it would be very difficult for the first person to want to do this, um, and that's before even touching on things like the market mechanics, the technology. Um, I don't even know what the setup of like a, a fixed uh, a fixed income um, football index uh market maker like how are they sort of keeping a track on live prices and how I, there's just so many things to be considered i i think this is a way more specialist role than people um would immediately think it's one thing to have someone come in with a few quid and start buying up some players but if you want to do it properly do you think it'd be possible to do it in its current setup successfully so the, uh, coming away from the webinar i um I sort of thought to myself, like, have I just been too harsh here? Have I completely overthought this? Because I'm coming... No, but like at at the end of the day, right, you come from a professional point of view and this is the standard that you're used to. And if I want to create a world-class product, these are some of the standards that they need to thrive towards. There's no way a market maker can operate on the current model as it is to a professional standard. They can probably wing it. They could probably find ways to sort of get around things. Um, I imagine the order flow on certain players is, is tiny. So... I think I think you could you could get something going if you were honestly looking for Foot Index to be operating in the same vein as a like a something on the FTSE or of the the AIM market or something on the London Stock Exchange. Yeah, it, it would be very hard to operate right now. Um, there's a lot of things that would need to happen, but this is 
these are conversations and things you, you start thinking about off the back of the, the sort of rhetoric that's been delivered by management at FI in the last year or two. If you're making these claims that you want to get this product to a certain point, you need to face the consequence and the reality of how are you going to do that? Um, I'm sure people wouldn't be talking about market makers if they never started talking about order books. So you kind of make, make your bed, you've got to, got to lie in it in that sense. You've got to accept that it, this is not something that can just be done overnight, click of a finger. It's, um, it is a bit more specialist than that. There's a lot of work to do. Um, we've got so. a question here from FI Newbie from the Fig Discord. Um, you talk in your video about buying and selling and making the small profit time and time again so it all adds up, which I understand. Do you care about the long-term bets, the in-play dividends, which are now gone and we'll talk about that, uh, media buzz and PB on a player you could make more money on a low-cost player winning a gold PB day? Um, the short answer is no. Uh, I don't care in terms of what it will make uh, of what it will make as a you know player long term. I'm not looking to sit on a portfolio full of players. I'm running for six months and coin coin in the divvies. Um, I do care in terms uh, of the ability for a player to win um, PB or if they've got sort of good PB fixtures coming up. Um, if there's news stories uh, that might impact media, or anything that drives a player's current demand, I am very interested in. Um, I need to know that in order to position myself with, with my price quotes, I don't just want to give away a play on the cheap. I, I might decide to you know offer a little higher if I think people will be looking to buy on a certain event. A market maker is not a charity. Like there's still a, there's still a skill to trade in that suits you as well as the the other side of the trade. Uh, and of course, any ob- obligations with the uh, with the exchange or in this case football index. So. I don't really care. No, um, I mean, obviously, me as an FI user, of course I do. But as a as a potential market maker, no, I, I, you, you don't really. You're not really bothered. You're looking at the flow and you're looking where you can make the little turns. Um, now, if I was left in a position that was really big, and I, you know, I, I do have the option to run things for a few days if I wanted to, then that, you know, you might care more. You might go, oh, well, I'm stuck in a load of, let's say, Pogba for the sake of it, who probably won't win much uh, PB, and there's not really much demand for him, but. There's always the M, uh, the MB uh, sort of potential for him. Um, the second part of the question about you can make more money on a low cost player when you're gold PB. They well, you could, but there's a lot of uncertainty into that event happening. Whereas there's a lot less uncertainty about me selling over and over again Sancho at a 10p spread. So, uh, yeah, that'd be my answer for that. There we go. There we go. I think it's probably a bit aggressive, actually, that answer. I do apologise. I didn't mean to sort of kill it off like that. But um, no, the, the, the thing that really needs to be communicated is that the, the, the yields on offer are amazing for the user, but for a market maker, it's, it's not particularly relevant. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's talk about some of those yields, right? Uh, yeah. In-play dividends have been removed um, mm. after some communications at three o'clock today, 8th of January, 2021. Um, initial reactions, thoughts on that? Of course, this is going to be the big talk, yeah. we'll talk about this yeah, for like yeah. 10, 15 minutes. It's a, uh, I think one of the things you said to me was like, after the webinar, I don't want to talk about just uh, market maker stuff. I want to talk about FI and like what I've been doing and like mm. my strategy and all that stuff. But we, you might get more than me you bargained oh, for no, here I've with this no, simple no. dividend announcement. What have I signed up for here? Um, and we are recording. You know, we 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 were due to record five o'clock Friday, and they they announced three o'clock Friday. Um, I only just moved back to my flat like two hours ago or whatever, so it's been crazy. Um, what are you? Yeah, I only, only finished work an hour ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, straight off the bat, I, I have read it. Um, I, I might have missed a few of the nuances, but my sort of initial thoughts were, uh, I think it is the right thing to do. Um, 
I think it's become very, very apparent that the sort of the flipping culture, if you like, that we're sort of starting to see the constant chat about refreshing, recycling, whatever else sort of, I think people have become a bit obsessed with it and I don't really blame them because it's become the only way to sort of make money at the moment. Um, now, personally, this isn't my strategy, despite what my day job is. I really enjoy a passive approach to football index. I won't go too boring here, but I used to gamble a fair bit and not always that successfully. In fact, it became a bit of an issue for me, not in terms of the amounts, but just how antisocial it was. And I sort of had stopped all gambling for a long time, which was another reason why I didn't really uh, get into football index immediately. But that's by the by. I quite enjoyed buying players, watching them long term and, and getting the, the dividends and, and reinvesting that way. I really enjoy that. So this doesn't necessarily impact me loads um but that sort of approach that i have with the long term is really killed at the moment by the kind of ipd obsession and the people identifying that you can just buy a player into a game watch other people think oh he's got a good run coming in and just sell him and then the growth is stunted and they drop back again and it's like repeat 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 um i think this probably did need to happen i am pretty surprised that it's come quite as as bluntly as it has um i don't f- I, I i can completely understand why people would be aggrieved if they have set their ports up with ipd in mind and particularly if they would like adjusted their strategy to that style based on what's been put in front of them um and it will be difficult because it's dramatic but some players that are pretty popular have probably become fairly worthless uh i'm not going to start throwing out names because people might get offended but there's players that people we buying because they go oh yeah he scores loads of goals he's on penos whatever but his pb is never really above like 150 um so that's that's a problem and people will say this is being thrown upon them now instantly how else was it sort of supposed to be done if you'd have said oh it's gonna you know you've got two three months for this well people would stop buying anyway and you get no um sell price on these players so it would have had the same effect um, where I think there's a few issues is, uh, number one, people will jump to this conclusion and I don't think this is the case, but they'll see it as a way of reducing liabilities, suggesting there's some sort of financial problems. They don't they want to pay out less in, in the dividends and whatever. I can see why people would jump to that conclusion. And, I, and it probably is a part, to be fair. They probably are looking at it going, we're spending so much money on IPDs here on players that are now really low prices. Um, I think they probably could have done with um, they've sort of made reference to a new sort of dividend. I don't know. Structure is the wrong word, but some sort of incentive coming in by the end of the month, was it or before the end of the the IPD phase out? Um, I think there's two issues I've got with this really. One is if you're taking something away from people, especially a community of people that are all fairly uh, (laughs) hysteric, let's say, um, myself included for that matter. I, I go crazy over some of these announcements. Um, people aren't going to be best pleased. So like give them a little something to cling on to. Don't sort of just take away and not give anything more. Making reference to something is fine, but historically it's not been fine because I'm still waiting on things that were promised back in June and July. So they haven't got a great track record of promising things and then delivering. Um, I think that I've never really paid much attention to the sort of uh, tiered PB dividends or sort of the penny over a 200 score or the 2B over 250, I now think it's almost essential, if I'm quite honest, because I don't see how what value is left to be derived in any player that's basically not a high bit PB scorer or in, in the news, in the media. Uh, you're, you're, if you're taking away the IPD to potentially um, improve the sort of capital appreciation side and prices rising, 
you're heavily relying on more liquidity coming in, more people trading, and therefore people are able to make money off of that sort of capital appreciation side. Um, you need to you need to stick something in pretty soon about how these players can retain some sort of value. I think that they need to do some sort of yeah maybe team of the month type thing, an improvement on what's already there, either through bigger payouts. I personally would scrap the multiplier on the European games because you're just making it. You have to be in the Champions League basically, or or, or the Europa to win the team of the month dividends. And again, that doesn't really help out some of your um, your sort of like your lesser punts that can produce the odd good PB score. Uh, what else do I think? Um, I think one thing that I, so IPDs I've always been quite fond of. Now I've never actually. I genuinely mean it. I've never refreshed or recycled. I just haven't done it. I don't know why. I've just never got involved. I think half the reason why is because I keep sort of depositing every month because I keep seeing lower prices. Um, but at the beginning, when I first joined, it was a massive thing. It was a it was a, it was a, a real incentive because I looked at it and went, pff, when I joined, I think Trent was five or six quid. Maybe Mbappe was similar. Sancho was up there. I was like, I'm not buying these guys. They're they're expensive. Um, and I identified the sort of ones that probably won the dividends, as in the, the, the PB and the MB. They were sort of ones I weren't willing to spend that sort of money on at the time. So I went for the players that were more like the £1, £2, but had IPD potential. And I really enjoyed that. Even I was getting like 30p in divs or something for a goal. Like it was it was nice. It was fun to have money coming in. And I, I think that was a quite a big thing as a new user. So I, I sort of wonder if it might it might sort of start making things a bit harder to uh, it's maybe a slight hurdle for new people to come in because they're going to have to potentially put some significant money in early doors to get holdings in any of the players that would get dividends under the under the the layer as it stands right now, and that is no IPDs. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What, what what do you think? Have I sort of missed anything obvious? Or no, I, I think you've, you've spoken really well there. I think you know uh, the way it was happening, it wasn't really working in this kind of order book system, especially in a liquid order book system where the price is really low. Um, and it also drove that kind of short-termist. It was basically kind of like negating or deterring the what makes FI so amazing, right? Mm. which is this long-term bet uh, where you're betting on the, the career of a footballer, basically. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, like if we're speculating, I think it probably will be something like that in terms of the... Um, uh, threshold dividends type of thing um but whether or not they have that threshold low enough to derive enough value to enough players i'm unsure let's see and whether or not that this opens the door to maybe changing the matrix in the summer because perhaps they say well look this is the threshold that you need to hit but we know that we need to give goal scorers uh, more points or uh, they need to lose less points when they misplace passes or whatever uh, in the future to make it so those players have more value and you can actually see the events on pitch giving players value more directly I think you know there are a load of negatives to this as well like we don't know what this replacement will be whether it will be sustainable or, or good enough I'm yeah. presuming it will be sustainable in terms of an FI business standpoint um, how long term it will be whether or not it will be a trial until the end of the season um, how it will impact prices how it will impact volumes where on the market it will mainly impact my gut says it will impact the whole market but that they will cater also to literally every player on the platform um, because in like a real market, as you said, it doesn't really make sense for uh, a 70p player to have more demand and volumes in it than a, than, than a player who's 
six pounds seventy or mm. whatever and winning PB every other week. Um, I, I think the it has to make sense from a market standpoint that the bigger cap players who have more demand have more liquidity and have more bids and offers on either side, and the lower cap players have less demand, uh, less liquidity, but have big big chances to, to increase in price massively depending on how their situation changes. Yeah. I have to say as well, you know, the communications wasn't... I don't think the actual communications was bad. I think some of the phrasings of some of the things were pretty poor. And I think doing it at three o'clock with 30 days notice is obviously not good. Mm. But what I do take from that is that it obviously was not financially sustainable for FI. It did not make sense as a business for them to continue paying and play dividends at this rate for the rest of the season, which is what I would have kept it to if they could. Um, I also think, on the other hand, another positive, this is like decisive quite big impactful decision making that is required to bring this bat thing back onto the right path yeah i, I agree i mean personally i thought the comms were, were, were good to be fair i, I was reasonably clear. there were aspects of it though yeah. like i mean they talked about kind of uh the, the short-termism of the market i guess you could say that's fi's fault um also the 30 days uh i think that's not enough notice uh, I don't. I think doing it at three o'clock in itself is not good either. Yeah. But I, I like, think that was. I think that was was pretty poor actually. The three pm and um, yeah, it has just been thrown upon. This is the first announcement in a while now, right? This is the first one since the the Adam Cole step down. Is it? Oh, I missed yes. one. So first proper one. Yeah, I I, I don't mind if they're going to just wait and then come out with something big. And even if it is a bit shocking and people don't like it, then I don't mind the big decisions being made. Um, I, yeah, it's one of those ones. It's, it's a real sensitive topic for a lot of people uh, in terms of taking away an IPD because that's money that people are sort of sort of playing for, and it's now gone. And you're going to get more accusations of the sort of the game changing, but not in the right way, as people sort of often reference. But all well, of- I mean, isn't this the game changing in the right way in I terms so. of? better for a business better for traders long term it uh pushes more towards the long-term bet which is what makes fi's proposition so unique and and kind of hard to catch in in the kind of betting market um but maybe just the output was good just maybe not the way it was done or at what time it was done yeah i think that's fair like the 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 long-term bet sort of thing or the sort of more investing side of it if you like is kind of the the way I've always sort of viewed it and I've liked to view it. If people have come in and started playing in different ways because they can get away with it, then, then then sort of fair play to them. But I think you're. I, I think the problem is is that FI can are never going to come out and actually like sort of fess up to the mistakes they've made. I don't think they've made a few sort of slight nods to it. Like yeah, we know it's been a tough year and things were you know haven't always happened and the whole sort of only announcing things when there's proper updates and kind of not over promising now. I don't think they're ever going to come out and fully go like, look, this all went wrong and now this is the way we're going. And I I do think, I, I think I quite like that, but I don't think they will do that. Um, this is the way it's going to be. They're making some some relatively quick and decisive decisions and actions with this. And if it was a case of, if it goes back to sort of like, we had the IPOs come in, which again, I didn't really see the point of at the time or in, with the sentiment, we've now got this. If this is sort of like clearing the decks to then, build the platform up from the ground again and maybe another marketing push and that sort of thing then fair play like leaving to it sort of thing um it's been noticeable that by having no announcement for over a month or so people have sort of stopped moaning quite as much and maybe just focusing on trying to be a bit more positive or trading or whatever so 
it hasn't worked out too bad. I think the last couple of weeks have actually been one of the, some of the more enjoyable in like literally six months in terms of people actually moving on performances or not then dropping for absolutely no reason. Um, so we've sort of found a, a slight level of stability, which I've been reasonably pleased with. And also, we know there's going to be loads of change yeah. on FI this year, don't we? I th- well, I think you need to because it's an embryonic platform. It's five years old. Uh, you know, I, I, I've said this phrase before. Like I've now got, oh, I've nearly said how much I've got in this. I've got money in this, which is <laughs> basically like, a, you know, would I have ever put this much money into what's essentially an, an illiquid startup stock on the, the stock exchange? I wouldn't, and I'd be mental to do it. But that is kind of where we're at now. You're almost betting on the 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 sort of prospects of football index the players are almost immaterial right now um there's gonna be changes gonna be tweaks there's gonna hopefully be be periods in the near future that are very very good and, and reward the people for their long-term faith um but yeah you'd be if, if you're getting annoyed because your ipds are just being pulled from you know rubble pulled, pulled from beneath your feet you're allowed to be a little bit aggrieved at it but you've got to realize that you're in a platform that's still trying to work out what it is what its identity is and how it's going to grow and it might be annoying, but this is just how it is. And I think there are going to be changes. There'll be plenty more changes. Um, so yeah, you're gonna have to get used to it, sadly. And I, and <laughs> yeah, because like let's 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 rattle some through some of them, right? All the changes that you might have mentioned that we're going to mention further to to attract liquidity providers. Yeah. Uh, media monitor changing. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a new payout in the next thirty days. I mean, I'll, I'll um, tell you something. So like I've, I've sort of said there, you know, tough luck to IPD sort of punters and I've sounded a little bit blase on it. I'll tell you one for free that will kill me. If they remove the United word bias off the media monitor, if they start bringing in sort of foreign output, there's players I've got that are like, I mean, Pogba straight off the bat, right? I hold him at a massive loss. He's never going to get PB the way he's playing right now in the position he's playing. I'm solely relying on that guy for media. And a lot of that is going to come from the United link. So if they change that, that's going to change a lot of my position. So it's it, Whatever they do, there's going to be an effect to pretty much every user out of fault because they will all have certain yeah. holds that are being benefited right now by the current system. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't think any trader is going to become is going to be immune to the change of the no ability way. over the next twelve months. I mean, I looked at my portfolio, <laughs> some of the players that I hold that um, have been affected by today's announcement. I'm like, well, I kind of, I kind of knew this was not knew this was coming, but like. I kind of knew the changes were going to happen in, tw- in these next 12 months. Like, I, I, there is, you know, people putting loads of money in certain players that are winning on mechanics that are currently here. If you do get hurt by them in the future, by what is still a very young product that is going to be changed a lot, and probably more than we thought it was going to be changed by because of order books and because of COVID, then that is going to be... Th- I know that some of my players are going to look very, very different from uh, six months from now when things are, are changed whether it be mb uh expansion into foreign territories or um foreign media or you know this new win mechanic whatever it may be i just I, I can't help but think like a lot of people have thought with their portfolios over the last like six months and maybe not made like very um uh, concerted efforts to such try and th- predict and think about what fi might do and now that is by no means me saying that like what has happened today is good for people that have been on solely or predominantly in play dividend players. Um, I just think there's been a bit too much uh, abrasion towards the notion that things might be changed completely between now and the next 12 months, because I truly do believe, and I've said this on the podcast for the last three months, that we're going to see a lot of change because there has to be a lot of change for this thing to become as good as it can be. And I think we should be open to that. 
Yeah, well, you said it well there. I think everyone does need to be open to that. People are up in arms moaning about the mechanic and things have gone wrong and blah, blah, blah. Well, if you want changes, they're going to have to change. They're going to have to change things again. And, and it, not everyone will be necessarily what you want, but you do have to sort of accept it and roll with the punches. And yeah, I, I think I, I, I don't want to don't hit out at the community as such, but I think there is, among some areas, I think there's been a... But there are also a lot of people who have said stuff like "trade what's in front of you." Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, and which, that, which, true. like, and that's that's fair. But like, I, th- I think the same people saying that might also be pretty dismayed at today's. Well, they they will if you've decided to trade what's in front of you and start refreshing every two seconds and playing for IPDs. You're going to be pretty unhappy. Well, I mean, but then they should play what's in front of them now, yeah, right? Yeah, well, exactly that, exactly that. And I, 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 again, I'm not saying what F5 done is right, but like. I think people need to start having like a bit more of a, a rigid uh, idea of what they're doing on FI and a, a bit more of a an idea of like kind of like uh, what they think this thing is going to become and where they think those players that they hold are going to be when that thing takes up shape. Yeah, if that makes sense. I think, I think that does need to be considered. And um, yeah, we'll sort of see what comes next. Really, I, I, I'm not really quite sure. I have no predictions really for what the sort of next logical steps are, which way they take it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think for me, quite excited overall. Quite excited by the manner in, which, in terms of like how decisive yeah, and, and bold and big the decision making has been. However, I do think um, uh, it leaves a sour taste to a lot of people. Do, do you think any of, part of it? Sorry, do you think any part of it sounds like? they're kind of rushing this again because obviously that's the biggest complaint about the order books was it was rushed do you think any of this has been rushed in terms of the alternative dividend hasn't been announced i would say that if that is the case why would you not give yourself more than 30 days yeah mm. that i thought about that at first but then i was like why would you only give yourself 30 days if that's the case yeah. that would seem pretty crazy right yeah it would um i, I think they, they must know as well themselves that the, the the sentiment and the confidence in the platform is pretty shaky and that something yes. like this yeah, they do. could make people believe that they're sort of running out of money or they're cash strapped and stuff like that. So I, I know if I was in charge and I was sort of, if I didn't want people to believe that was the case, I would have had the alternative dividend ready to announce as well, I think. I, I just, I, I think it, it opens up more questions if if you're sort of dumping this apparently quite quickly without then having the the alternative to suggest but that's just me uh, uh, to clap i don't think they own financial problems but i would be do- i would have done everything in my power to have made sure those questions weren't being raised and i think these maybe still lead people to be able to sort of poke the stick at that idea so would you be if you were then quite aggressive with uh, the I, in the 30 in the next 30 days when yeah 100 it, it does 100 uh, because end? Because I, I've now I've told people that a lot of their holds are going to be worth a hell of a lot less very very soon. I've told them that we're going to come up with an alternative, but I've not told you what the alternative is. And I've got the track record of promising things that haven't been delivered. So I think all of those things combined would mean that I would have done everything possible to have restored that confidence and so said like we're doing this. This is a pretty big move, but good news, we're doing this instead. And then I would have probably been pretty content with it here if i hear yeah you score, your player scores over 200 people you get a penny then i'm thinking well fair, fair enough then like I, i'm i might not be getting my penny each time a vardy scores or whatever but he might be in a, a good performance and i'll get something um i don't know i'm i'm, I'm 
sort of almost <laughs> just thinking out loud about this thing so i haven't properly digested it all across across the afternoon when it's come out but i i, I do think i'd have liked a more the, the 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 sort of um the feedback i could give towards that communication is you could have made it an all-round really polished thing of explaining what the new the new sort of dividend idea would be yeah yeah i, I think not having that in place was a big mistake from fi mm on these comps i think it was a huge mistake because it leaves people in like 30 days limbo doesn't it exactly there and then i know i'm sort of going over what he said but I, I, I quickly went on twitter and had a quick look at what people were saying and there's a lot of moaning about how it's like oh it's it's, it's instant well what if you'd have given them a three-month window it wouldn't have made any difference people would still not really want to touch it with a barge pole because they'll be knowing that it's going to be harder to sell them with each day that goes on so yeah you're never going to please everyone are you um no no um but hopefully this is for the long-term good of the product. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, it obviously, it depends on what, what comes in for it. Um, we've got a question here back onto the market maker mm. chat from uh, FI Newbie. How many market makers do we need on FI uh, for the platform to really make it work? Can you ever have too many? Uh, yeah, like I've um, sort of sort of alluded to, I, I think you need more than one to keep the, sort of the solo guy honest. Um, one could probably work for starters, to be honest, because it's not a humongous market, but I don't think it's ideal. I think two keeps it competitive. So market makers can compete with each other. This is one thing that perhaps people don't always realize like in the markets. When you take on a position as a, as a market maker, I might not be able to offload it to like a, a standard client. I might try and trade with another market maker who might have a care in the name. Oh, excuse me. Um, so, you know, you can compete on who's trying to get the best price on the screens, or, you know, who's trying to have the best bid, the best offer. Um, yeah, I, I, can you have too many? I, I don't know that you can ever say that too many liquidity providers is a problem, but the the more you have in a market that's quite small, the sort of, firstly, the less profit they can make, so why would they do it? Uh, and also, when the market maker doesn't particularly care about the sort of whatever price the player ends up at, that more just about the spread and the turn. If you've got more of them, then you probably need more trader money coming in to sort of keep the demand to drive prices up, if you see what I mean. So, yeah, you probably can have too many if the market remains small. But as the market grows in size, I think it would be reasonable to think that more could come in. Hmm. Got a question here from FI Mustard as well from the Fig Discord. What kind of commercial incentives do you think FI need to offer to make it attractive to new market makers? Or is it more about proving that the market mechanics work? Yeah, uh, yeah, good question. Um I think, well, definitely you've got to prove the mechanics are correct and robust to have a sort of good execution trading platform. Um, I think, well, I, I mentioned sort of, I want you to show me the stats on how many shares are in circulation, the, the daily trading volumes per player. I need to know this so I can forecast how and if I can trade in that environment, what profit can I make, how many shares can I get dumped in in a certain player, what's my risk forecasting. It is a little bit Mickey Mouse at the moment with the ability to price manipulate. Um I might be sounding pedantic on this manipulation thing, but in the stock market, I can get up to seven years in prison and an unlimited fine for that. That's a, that's a criminal offence. Now, I realise for Linux uh, is nothing like the stock market, but it's a serious crime in my day job, and it does piss me off how blatant it is at the moment and how long it's been going on for without changing the mechanics. Now, I'm not accusing people of being criminals. I, they're just taking advantage of a way to make money. Um, but I, I just can't believe they've not done something to, to, to stop this sort of constant undercutting or the kind of fake bids or the sort of, list it uh, the sort of um putting a, a price in you know like 
something quite big like 100 shares and they're making like a 40p distance and doing another lot to drag the price up it's just crazy uh, but that's a slightly separate rant of mine um i would probably suggest the sort of commercial incentives i'd be wanting. i mean they mentioned that didn't they today yeah, they, comes they, they conclusion did. listen if, if you are a um if you're the London Stock Exchange, you get whenever you trade, there's a, a transaction and a trade report that's generated, right? And these are publicly available, so you can see the time, the size, the, whoever is involved in each trade, you can see exactly that, right? Football Index will have the same records somewhere. They will be able to see who is doing what, and they're probably not big enough or care enough, really, because it doesn't financially affect them to go through checking this. But there's no way they don't know what people are up to. And I just can't believe it keeps being allowed because you've got a couple of kids sat in their bedroom just like knocking prices down to stop any growth in its, in its, in its, in its tracks. And yeah, as you can tell, I, I do get pretty wound up by this um, because it's just so blatant and it, it means you're sort of groundhog day over and over again. And, and, and one thing I'm a bit surprised about with that is that sort of the, the punters haven't really like realized for themselves that this is happening and just ignore it because it will almost certainly sort of, you know, rise back up in, in the next few days. But yeah, back 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 to uh, back to the question. Um, yeah, I'd suggest the sort of uh, zero comms. Uh, you know, like your 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 bid off for comms you pay at the moment at two percent. I'd say I want I'd want zero on that for at least the first sort of six months to see how things settle. Maybe even longer than that. Actually, um, I'd want them to come out with an outline to me of the parameters they want me to operate in. I, I need I need Football Next to come to me and say, yeah, I want you to provide liquidity, but this is your market. Like this is how it's going to work. We need you to quote this size. We need this sort of percentage spread being kept. Um, it's not for me to govern myself. Like you give mm. me the arena to play. Yeah. I need you to come to me with some sort of ground rules here. Because if you're saying to me, oh, can you like, can you just bring like a couple of million of your liquidity and just sort of trade around it? I'll be going, right, well, I'll do that, but I'm going to try and make money here. Uh, I'm not going to do the role you really need me to do. You need to give me more of a, a job description there. In terms of like looking at this from the outside, right? They're approaching these market makers. They might look at this and think like, what the hell is this thing? Uh-huh. How much time would they need to get accustomed to this market? Yeah, it was one, one of the things I, I, I definitely um, hammered home on the on the webinar. Like, yeah. I, I don't know who they are talking to because the, the firm I work for is one of the... And this isn't negative, right? Like this is no, just no, asking, no, no, it's just not, genuine questions. Oh, no, right? it's, it's not negative at all. It, it, it's like... A professional market maker who knows how to do this this, this role has been dealing in the stock markets for however many years and has a, has a large expertise. You can't be going to them and saying, oh, we've got this thing called Football Index. Uh, you might not have heard about it, but can you bring a few quid and start doing like, They're never going to do that. So who are you going to? Who are you asking? Anyone you ask who's got a bit of cash that would be needed will have quite a few questions about this. Um, if you didn't know what Football Index is and have any sort of vested interest in it, why would you, why would you really look at it? Like I obviously know Football Index. I use it. I really enjoy it. The fault of someone coming into my office tomorrow, or not tomorrow, that'd be fucking a night. Sorry. <laughs> but on Monday, if someone comes to <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, if on Monday, you can undo that bit. If on Monday someone comes in and says, Right, listen, new desk has been set up, it's the football index desk, you'd be going, Oh, this is amazing. Like this is this is perfect. But no one else is really gonna wanna uh, you know, look at that. I don't know who they're approaching. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who they'll be having chats with because it is a really specialist role. Um, I think I, I spoke before about how you need to know, uh, you know, how the players are moving, what the news story is in them. In, in the stock market, I've got analysts that work, at, you know, on our desk that will, will give you stock reports on each name every day. There's a news story in them, and they say how, you know, will it will it mean there's more demand? Will it go up? Will it go down? You're sort of given a few pointers. You would need that sort of research going on, so you sort of know why a player's moving, why a player's not moving. Um, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of nuances to it there really is 
there really is a lot that would need to be you'd need like essentially you know football analysts you'd need traders you'd need someone to head up the operation like and that specialist to this platform as well like to find someone who has that experience who could easily adapt to the market like fi is is hard to come by yeah it is and um i I don't there's obviously it's a new product and it's very niche there's no no one out there doing this already so um yeah it would be very interesting to know who they were sort of talking to or approaching and um i i think i think it is a bit of a hurdle because no one's done it before and that sort of links back to your earlier question about you know why do i think it's crazy for the first person to go in well it's just such an unknown thing you could go in you could make millions out of it it could be amazing you could be the first one in and the market explodes and you're just you're making money hand over fist but it's a big gamble mm. fi gerard from the fig discord as well uh, the platform needs sufficient liquidity to prevent a market crash would a market maker have to guarantee their they'd provide an unlimited amount to prevent a crash or does fi have to assume ultimate liability in an arrangement like this yeah this isn't as obvious a question to answer i I don't think they have to prove they will throw unlimited cash at it now if they sign up under the sort of governance agreement of you will always be quoting you know 300 shares buy and sell or whatever it might be you've sort of you're contracted to do you will always have to do that even in a falling market um but if a market crashes um i don't think it's on you to sort of pile money into it to bring it back up or anything and fi would have to assume the sort of liability as as well um your role which is just there to provide the liquidity and sort of keep things ticking over if all the money is withdrawn from that market because there's no demand there anymore that's not really your fault a market maker would lose money just as much as football index would if they put in the sums needed uh so i don't yeah, it's actually quite a hard question to answer. They would need they would need a lot of money, obviously, to be providing liquidity full stop. I think a market crashes would be a lot harder to come by with a market maker because you're providing those sort of stable uh, walls. You're not allowing people to sort of start listing the the uh, the slightly fictitious quotes that you see. Um, I think a crash will be harder to come by once people get the confidence. I'm absolutely convinced that once confidence comes back, people, you saw it in the week, people were, or the last couple of weeks, people have started buying up players because they think things are sort of back to normal, in inverted commas. Um, I, I, I don't actually foresee a crash at all if they get these mechanics right. Mm. Um, Alan Riggle here. Could market makers restrict price growth given that they would be placing both bids and offers? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they could. Um as I've mentioned, I don't really care about the prices going up, particularly if I can be making a 10p spread over and over again, fine, 5p, 10p, whatever. Um, you still need the, the ultimate demand to drive a market. Uh, the market maker's putting in price a level they're willing to trade at. But if loads of people come on wanting to buy it, that will move the market up without the market maker's intervention. And they will have to then tra- change their quotes to catch up with that market. Now, they could restrict it based on the fact that right now we don't necessarily believe there's enough liquidity from the current user base or enough numbers there to maybe drive the players' prices. But I'd also say on the flip side, yeah, market maker could restrict price growth, but they could also restrict price decline. Um, And right now I think people would be quite happy with that. And, you know, in terms of like, I'm trying to think about how I phrase this, but um, with 
this that you're talking about like not caring about the price yeah. and it might restrict price growth i think people are really attaching market makers to in- increase prices directly which is obviously not going to happen no that's uh it might indirectly happen and it probably will indirectly yeah. happen because it adds confidence and it adds flaws to the market which then when you see the prices compared to the dividend yields well, that will just equal one thing, and that's increased prices. Definitely, it's um, it's exactly that. Like I, there will be indirect ways that the market maker will in, will increase price. What it won't do is it's not a hedge fund or it's not the institutional money that's been referenced coming in and just parking the bus on, you know, five million of deposit or whatever, and just buying someone they consider to be a long term punt and and leaving it there. Uh, it won't be that at all. But indirectly, it can absolutely, it can, it can, it, you know, induce growth. But you know, with the question, of can it restrict it? It, it can restrict it because. You, you, if you're putting in your sort of 300 bids and offers, you're then making the average price closer to your actual price, and it will sit there and it will take other people getting involved to to move that. Now, I'm I'm throwing 300 in there as a figure just based on what the current maximum size you can trade on is. It could easily be 100 just to make it less impacting at first. Um, but yeah, it's not restrictive in a in a completely negative view. But if it might sort of put a slight lid on every player just rising 50p one day, dropping 50p the next, it will be a lot more stability. Is exactly. I think people need to kind of differentiate those two things, right? The stability aspect that MMs would provide or might provide would likely lead to bigger confidence and more demand in, in certain players and sometimes maybe the whole market. Mm. Um, we've got a question here from Tom Brantreth. Also, personally, think market maker conditions would have to be so restrictive that to make it work properly on FI for traders, FI and market makers themselves. What are your thoughts? Perhaps explains the delays. Yeah. Um, so again, I think we've sort of we've, we've covered this a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they would have to be restrictive. There would there would have to be the rules in place. There would have to be the expectations there. Um, I don't know if it would have to be so restrictive it just there would have to be some clear governance and guidance there um because if you had i've sort of i've already kind of touched on all the different scenarios whereby a market maker comes in a little bit free reign and just can start buying up the players he knows is popular and can sort of slightly dictate or drive the market up and then suddenly start driving it down um that's not very good um so i think um yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they would be restrictive, and uh, I think it explains the delays. Perhaps not. I don't know if it's because it wouldn't be like a market maker thinks, oh, that's too restrictive. But probably the opposite. They want more guidance in place as to as to how this will work. Yeah, yeah, they want more rigidity rather than. I less. think so. Yeah, I, I do think so. Mm. This is an interesting question, and it got a few likes. Fi Frodo from Twitter, uh, with Fi effectively holding over three thousand different assets, more than the London or New York stock exchanges, is it realistic to expect a liquid market across the platform supported by MMs? If yes, how? If no, what's a realistic long-term solution to breed consumer confidence? Yeah. Um, so the first thing I actually wanted to point out was uh, I'm not intending to to mug the question off too much here, but there's actually um, there's over two and a half thousand companies trading on both New York and the London Stock Exchange. So it's not quite as far off as you might think. Obviously, people know like the FTSE 100 and think, oh, there's only 100. But there's other indexes below that that are um, operated and then have market makers working on. So it's not necessarily wildly different in size. Um, 
is it realistic to expect the liquid market across the platform? Yeah, it is right now um, because you're looking for a lot of investment to come in. There's a lot of, you know, these footballer bets, shares, whatever, are very different to, to stocks. A player who is 34 is probably going to retire or at least not be in a PB league within the next year or two. On a stock, you can know if a company's performing well or not performing well, but you don't expect, there's not a time frame on their existence. So it's uh, there's a lot of questions about how easy it is to come in and start buying certain players as a market maker. So yeah, it is a bit unrealistic to expect the liquid market immediately. Um, if the realistic, well, I, I, again, I probably go back to the the earlier question about when what would I do if I came in. Um, the realistic long term solution is to to build it up slowly and to maybe come in at the lower end with a little bit of facilitation at the top and start building the walls and start getting confidence back that people can get in and out of their holes. And then you sort of spread it across to, to, to more, more players. I, I don't know for certain, I'm just picking numbers out the top of my head here, but out of 3000, there's, there's gotta be about, I mean, genuinely there's got to be about a thousand of players on there that are just, you've probably like never even really heard of them or like they just don't do anything. Um, that, that was actually one thing I did think about. Uh, I've not mentioned it so far, but I'd love to know. So they will have somewhere a, a spreadsheet of all the players and the total value attached to every player, right? How, how much money would it take to get rid of like the 500 worst players on there or the most pointless players on FI? Just streamline the, the product in terms of having so many players that are just nonsense. I'd love to know how much money was actually tied up in those because it could be... A, yeah, I don't think it's much at all. And it could be a bit of a quick win. So it almost be like, yeah, you own this guy who like, plays in Saudi Arabia or something and we're just going to like delist him basically and you almost buy it back off them or offer like a sort of 20% price to take him back. Just take them shares out of circulation or then players out of circulation that are just they're nonsense assets to have on there. Um, but that's a yeah, a bit of a left-field uh, comment. Um yeah, have we covered the question? Yeah, <laughs> have we covered just, it? Yeah, just about. I mean, just about. I, I, think. I, I mean, like, let's let's go back to your plan, right? If I come to you, what would be the ones that you? Or, or let's say, if I say to you, we want you to start providing liquidity liquidity for the top two hundred and then work down. Yeah. Would you be able to do all those? The top two hundred players right now, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I think you could. I'd feel more confident doing that than the bottom two hundred. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would say, well, hence the reason they're in the top 200 now is they've all got potential for dividends or growth. So, yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, I think you've all, you're almost watching people try and act like th- this whole manipulation thing I refer to is almost people acting like market makers themselves now. Now putting up the impression of liquidity that's not there, and then moving the market in the way they want it to be moved. That's you know without the manipulation part attached to it. That's not too different to what a market maker does. You're, you're providing liquidity, albeit it's actually intended liquidity, and therefore prices move, you know, because people think, oh, I can buy that, I can buy and sell, I can get in and out of that position, and away they go. Um, so, yeah, I think it is, it's unrealistic to expect the liquid market, you know, across the platform anytime soon, but there are baby steps that can be done to, to help it. And Because this thing is still so mature, right? Yeah. There's still such a long way to go until this thing becomes a really mature market. Uh, so far so far and 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 it, it's maybe it's maybe unrealistic to actually expect that like I, I don't know we've all been sort of led to buy into the sort of billion market cap hype for fi and that sort of stuff and the high net worth so i don't know if maybe we need to sort of temper that back a little bit uh because 
I think it can lead to slightly unrealistic expectations and it means you're then comparing the product as it is now to what you would need for that sort of situation and they're, they're quite far apart. Hmm. Hmm. Um, just before we move on, I need to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage. Featuring football reporters you know and love like David Ornstein, James Pierce, Sam Lee and Rafa Honigstein, The Athletic is telling you stories you won't find anywhere else. No ads or clickbait. They've been great for covering COVID and the Premier League, for example, um, so far this season, breaking a lot of those stories and a lot of transfer stories as well as we're in the transfer window. Uh, get ahead of the, the game from a football index in uh perspective um so for 50 percent off your annual subscription to the best sports right uh, sports writing around go to theathletic.co.uk slash fig i've clearly forgotten to speak um during this podcast it's two pound 49 a month if you go for their annual deal i'm going to ask you boys with the ill-fated question the reason why everyone comes on the podcast what have you bought recently that cost more than two pound 49 nothing too exciting really uh I've I've actually had to buy some uh, some new headphones recently for, for oh, work because yeah. now we're all stuck indoors, and normally on a trading floor it's pretty pretty noisy, pretty lively, a lot going on. I've now got uh, yeah a couple of headsets on on the go to um, to hear things and not be too antisocial. So yeah, that's that. I've, <laughs> I've, yeah, but not a lot. I mean, it's, it's almost hard to spend money these days. It's incredible. Hmm. <laughs> um we've got a question here from fi uh fpl addict uh how would you trade differently as a pro market maker compared to your own portfolio on fi in your professional opinion how far could fi be from attracting and onboarding market makers on the platform uh yeah uh again we've sort of referenced a few things now um i i don't i mean i'm so passive in the way i trade fi versus my day job it, it couldn't be further apart um, probably just I want a simple life away from work maybe but uh, how would I trade differently well yeah as a pro market maker you'd, you'd come in and you'd be, be all over the place sort of jobbing around playing the spreads um, my, my own portfolio is pretty passive I've sort of gone for the I sort of know, identified early doors the sort of the, the divs and I really enjoy taking receipt of those I like earn, owning the, the, the div winners and having that money drop into account that sort of gets me going so um, I've got a lot of that sort of stuff going on and I'm, I'm quite passive um, how far are we from attracting and onboarding market makers yeah pretty far I think I'm, I'm half expecting after all these podcasts and webinars like in a week's time they're going to announce three market makers have started I'm going to sound like a right idiot but I do think in in a in the, the proper setup for what is actually needed um i did notice i don't know if i'm just reading too much into it because i sort of vested interest in the topic but in the in the comms today i think they didn't they mention sort of you know announcing when there's a few more like things ready and i think maybe nasdaq was mentioned but there was no mention of market making or sort of yeah no there wasn't any mention I, I of market makers, that, no. that sort of terminology has been completely dropped yeah uh, of, of late so i would hazard a guess that that means that it's not not anywhere near Hmm. Um, Divi Rascal here. I know you joined in January 2020. So as somebody with limited history with the platform at the time, I'm curious to know what your assessment was of FI's response to COVID and removal of instant sell so soon after you signed up. Yeah, so um, yeah, as I've just alluded to, always very long term in my approach. Uh, I bought players and was prepared to hold them for a while, really. Um, football was always coming back in my mind and you know unless it was the end of the world and if it was a few quid in football index would be the least of my worries really um blocking people from selling yeah i mean it was it was was controversial i guess 
um, didn't really affect me because I didn't sort of need money instantly. I think it was a good move. I think it was decisive. I think if you look at so on like a sort of worldwide, real world level, um, something like the Woodford funds uh, last year. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows much about these, but basically his funds started going kaput and he, he blocked investors from being able to withdraw their money at first because if everyone rushes to the door to get out, then you're just going to absolutely tank the share price and it's going to be worse for everyone long-term. Now, unfortunately for him, it didn't work out and the fund did go bust, but I think it was the right thing to do because if everyone gets out straight away, then you are in a serious problem. People might not have liked having their money locked in, but I think it was correct. The instant sell going, um, also due to my long-term approach, I don't know that I ever actually used it. I always viewed it as being quite a long way off the buy price. And I always just tried to market sales wanted um, a sort of fair price that I valued the player at. Now I realized with that approach, I had to sell into the good news, which was a bit annoying that you're sort of your best way to sell or your only way to sell. If you take the IS and potentially a bit of a hit or you're selling them into the, the news that might yield them dividends. Um, but yeah, perhaps naively, I was quite for the older books and maybe due to professional experience, was pretty comfortable with them. I saw it as a bit of a next step in making for the next more professional and more like a trading platform. So yeah, I think they did I think they did pretty well, to be fair. And, and I wasn't too aggrieved. And actually, them launching the five-place media, I think it was, for a couple of months, actually made me deposit more. Uh, I put a cut, not loads, but I put a bit more in and actually went and bought. That's why I ended up with Pogba. That's why I went and bought uh, Rashford and Messi. And I actually bought a few players that were basically in the news because they had nothing else to write about. So you just started writing about the popular players. So yeah, I think they handled it pretty well, I have to say. We've got another question here from Tom Brandreth. I think I've done his the opposite way around. I asked his second question first and his okay. first question second now. Okay. After the recent price drops of the last uh, three months, are you considering adjusting your strategy of longer term holds relatively passive to a more active approach? Uh, so yes and no. I mean, prior to this IPD news, I'd have probably said yes. Um, because unfortunately, I think, you know, I would need to in the short term to sort of improve the PL in a quicker time frame. Um, the traders who are kind of investing for the long run and not having the best of it lately, because uh, yeah, you might win the divs, but prices can't seem to rise with any hope of, of staying there. And I can't really be bothered with trading the spread on, on their fires. I sort of do that all day and I want to relax with this. So uh, yeah, I kind of, I've really hated the fact lately that I'm sort of questioning, should I sell any player that has a rise? Um, so someone like uh, Pedri, I bought him the other day for pound tennis, I think it was, after the IPO. I think he hit pound fifty after his performance the other night. And I'm thinking, oh, you should sell him because he's obviously going to drop again and I go again. But I'd rather be thinking, oh, like, get in. He's on his way to his, like a £5 player and being a star of global football and a cash cow on FI. And I, I want to be long-term in my approach, but the active guys will be making more money in the short term right now. Um, I mean, if you're a guy that joins right now, you're onto a bit of a winner, really, because you could be buying players that you know should be more at low prices. And then if you wanted after two weeks to sell them at quid rise, you've made a really good percentage profit. But coming at it from the other way, where I bought players that were potentially a tenner and then sort of try, I've been, I've been buying on the dips and sort of bringing the average down. But ultimately to sell anyone now, or not anyone, but some of them now would be a, would be a loss. I just don't want to do that. It just psychologically, I don't want to do that. I believe in these players long term. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really want to change my approach. And after the IPD news today, I definitely won't be changing my approach, I don't think. Mm. Um, 
question here from Footy Daz. 2021 outlook for Football Index. And are there any dodgy players in your port, port like Boise's uh, dodgy cars? Sure, how long has he got? Yeah. <laughs> so Boise's a second-hand car dealer, just so you know. That's the, okay, the reference. Okay, cool. There. Good context for me. Yeah, yeah. I thought you might need it. Um, yeah, there's plenty of dogs in the kennel. I've got some real dodgy players in the port. Um, but honestly, I don't I don't believe many of them were bought on poor rationale. I, I, that might just be me sort of bigging myself up here, but there's a lot of ones which have been made to look a lot worse by the crash and now this sort of little stimulus to get them back up. Um, the ones that really look bad now, the ones I bought in the early the early days of the index where it just felt like everyone went up for no reason. Um, <laughs> so Issa Diop of West Ham is my favourite shocker. I bought him pretty early doors. Um, and in January, I was, I was sort of dicking about how the moves work, trying to learn how it worked. And I, there was a few media articles about him being linked with United and Chelsea and all this. I mean, he's now bench warming behind Craig Dawson. So how's your luck? He's not getting any look in there. Uh, the funny thing about a lot of these players that now look so bad is I can guarantee nearly every one of them I could have sold for profit at one point. And that's just that's just trading. But yeah, the, the crash has made them look a lot, lot worse. Uh, yes, yeah, it's probably the funniest one. I don't, hold, I don't hold anyone that's just like you've never... Like never heard more. They've never played in the PB league or anything like that. Um, there's some that have just just not played well. You know, uh, the sort of a tier system is pretty in vogue at the moment. So I've got my sort of tier four losers are like Werner and Trent, and just they're just not playing well. Like their price is reflective of the fact they're not performing. Um, I've, yeah, I've obviously lost lost a little bit on uh, on some of the boys that were previously quite expensive and now are less so, but. No, I don't. I don't mind holding those. Um, and the outlook for FI, uh, yeah, I don't really have any. I don't really have much expectation. I really don't. Like last year, the back end especially seemed to go about as bad as it possibly could from the capital appreciation point of view. I mean, the dividends are class, and I've been turning those over pretty nicely and made more divs in the last three months than I could have really imagined. To be fair, like it's been been really really good returns. Um, I get, yeah, I said earlier, like, I don't want to dig people out, but I get the feeling that people made profits for years without actually having to worry about were they any good at trading or were they yeah. any good at like what they were doing. It's not, it's not like a God given right for you to make money on football index, the stock market, or anything. Like you have to sort of, yeah, like earn it in some way. Um, kind of, uh, the people who bet on Skybet, do they think they're guaranteed to make money? I'd, I'd assume probably not when they're when they're punting on their request of bets. No, well, I, I guess. Whatever, like, I guess conversely, though, people don't want to make, don't want to lose money due to no, FI. Uh, no, of course you don't. Of course you don't. But I think one, the, the one thing I find with FI is people's risk appetite. People have just got it all wrong. Like I think there was probably a bit of the the chat about it being like an ISO and all this sort of stuff, which was just crazy. Like whoever started quoting that is insane. I know that's not a, a official stream, but like you know, you know what I mean. Like people sort of quoting that sort of stuff on Twitter. Um, if people put. 20 quid on an, on an acre each Saturday on, on, on a traditional bookmaker lose every weekend they've lost a grand across a year right and they're probably not best pleased but at the time it's just a 20 at a time they don't really think about it people have might have put a grand or two grand into the football index or let's say two grand into the football index and they're down a grand and they're just they're, they can't handle it like they're just they're beside themselves and they think it's the same loss and just sort of relax a little bit or have a bit more of a long-term mentality so yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not digging anyone out, but I, I would, maybe I'm a bit more immune to it because of my, my day job and like, you know, I sort of deal in the millions of pounds with things, obviously not my money, but um, I think people just need to just chill out a little bit. Like no one wants to lose money, but some of the decisions that have been made by people was definitely going to lose the money. And uh, yeah, just, you know, try and look at it a bit more objectively. And and I, I just hope people haven't sort of like 
overstretch themselves too much really i think one thing that uh you know especially in, in the sort of stock market if you go through sort of asset managers or anything like that there's a lot of sort of like know your customer and due diligence and there's sort of like a risk threshold that you would you would run on people before sort of investing their money and that's obviously not here because this is the sort of fine line for linux treads between being a gambling platform but then also needing to have a little look at the sort of um you know not not overextending yourself and i, I just think people if they have been used to always making easy money, like it might not be like that now, but just try not to panic too much. There, there's there's ways this can come back and look at the stock market beginning of the year, the FTSE 100 just drops 30%. Well, same in the US, people have made, made, made really good returns since that point, or most people have maybe got themselves back up to level from where they were at and traded in and around it and the opportunities. So it's a, uh, when when you join for Index, it's it, it should be viewed as a bit of a long term thing. I don't necessarily mean in terms of holding players long term, but your money's in something that potentially you're not going to get out of instantly, and people sort of need to need to chill out a little bit with that. Hmm. We've got a final question here: uh, Fi Unicorn Magical Beast, interesting name. Uh, favorite and most frustrating holds within your portfolio from a purely Football Index point of view? Uh, so my favorite, I've actually just sold. Uh, which was Andy oh, Robertson. Wow. Yeah, I've I've let go of him, which I might live to regret. But uh, well, I got rid of him also in the mentality of like, well, he's sort of doubled on the price I bought him at and let's get rid. But the reason he's my favourite is because I bought him probably the first or second week I joined the index back in January because I looked at Trent's price of six quid and his of £1.30 or something and thought, oh, I'd have the same player. Like, don't I'm not paying six quid. This is before I understood the mechanics. And then for the best part of seven, eight months, I'd have probably told people, oh yeah when you join like do your research like don't just buy like robertson because he's cheaper like trent's way better sort of thing and then he's gone and won all these divs and uh, way over 100 percent yield on him and it's been really good and uh yeah pretty pleased with that one and obviously like you can't not like a sort of messy or kimmich because for me like the product does give so much fun in watching the games watching the uh you know the pb scores racking up like are they chasing on a sunday kickoff like that is brilliant like that is a great great user experience and and that is why this this product is so good and the ones that are most frustrating are the ones that i purchased with a sort of an an event in mind or something i was sort of hoping that they would achieve and it's now happened due to sort of uh, the mechanism and the low sentiment i've sort of realized no rise so the ones i count for this are probably people like connor gallagher who was on loan at chol and now he's at uh, west brom on loan from chelsea emil smith rowe who was looking like an awful hold for me for a while, but in the last month or so, suddenly become decent. Uh, Ollie Watkins, who was at Brentford, moved to, to Villa. These were guys I saw playing in the championship and thought, yeah, like they're good. They've got a chance. And when I first joined the Indies, I think it was in February or March of last year, Billy Gilmore plays for, for Chelsea against Liverpool in the FA Cup, literally breathes at the side of a pitch and he's gone up a pound. And you're thinking, well, if that's how this works, then I'm going to get on some youngsters that I think would have a similar impact. All three of the guys I've just mentioned to you are playing in the Premier League now and scoring and assisting and they've gone down in value. And that's really frustrating because the football knowledge I've put into those purchases has been correct. They are all now playing in the cham- in the Premiership when they in the Championship last year. And I've not realised any gain for that. And that's really, really frustrating. And I'm sure there's be a lot of people in the same boat. Well, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for jumping on with me today, mate, uh, on a Friday, especially, although what else have we got to well, do these days? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> You're my best option. <laughs> Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FI Boise. Not the most active, uh, ping up a few things from time to time, but uh, I, I do genuinely mean this. Feel free to reach out, ask questions if anyone's you know wants to know a bit more. Uh, but yeah, I'm on there. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me, mate. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, big, shocking announcement today, but hopefully it will be for the better in the long term. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening and have a great day. We'll have more Football Index podcast for you next week.